I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. Well, good morning. Been a little while. <laughs> Everybody's looking good and chipper this morning, though, right? We got that uh, daylight savings time, got that extra hour of sleep today, huh? Except for some of y'all, y'all probably got so worked up over that LSU game, you just couldn't sleep. <laughs> uh, that's what happened in my house. But, and, uh, it was fun to watch them. But it's been, uh, seems like it's been a, a little while since uh, we've been at church. We, you know, we missed one Sunday from uh, the flu hitting our house, but uh, uh, when you miss one Sunday, you really miss about two weeks before you get to come back. But uh, everybody at our house is, is finally over that, so it's good to be uh, be back and uh, at it, and uh, uh, just looking forward to spending some time in God's Word this morning with you. So, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer before we get started, and uh, then we'll dig into it. So. Dear Grace Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and uh, just uh, ask you to just let us feel your presence this morning, Lord, and um, that, that we can open our hearts and, and just listen to your message, Lord, and that, uh, that we will honor you and glorify you in this place today, Lord. And uh, I just ask you to have your hand upon me this morning, Lord, as I bring your message to your people. And uh, just bless those that are here today and those that are not. We just ask all of these things in your blessed name. Amen. All right, uh, as I was trying to figure out what the Lord wanted me to, to talk to you all about today, um, I went through several things. Uh, my wife and, and my daughter, they, they even mentioned to me, well, why don't you do it on your favorite Bible verse or something? But there was one thing that kept popping in my head just over and over and over. And I told her, I just, I got to go with that. That's, that's, that's what's on my mind. That's what's popping in my head. And, and it was really a word more than anything, and it was the word build. Imagine that, build being on my mind, right? That's what I do every day. I get to build stuff. But... But that's what was in my mind, and thank goodness that, that God didn't ask me to build an ark like he did Noah. You know, he wasn't asking me to physically build something as much as he uh, was asking me to share something that I think uh, can apply to all of us today. Um, you know, for me, as, as, a, as a general contractor is what I'm really called. I'm not really called a carpenter, uh, but I'm a general contractor. I oversee, uh, you know, a lot of the building processes that go on in construction and uh, one of the things that I get to see is I get to see the various stages as, as, as a home goes through uh, uh, coming from the ground up you know I get to watch that I get to watch it turn into a beautiful home and you know it gives me great pride when I finally get to see a family and I hand them the new keys that's my favorite part uh, when I build a house is that closing handing a set of keys to somebody because I know that, you know, they're going to have that home. They're going to enjoy it. They're gonna, it's going to be a place that they can, they can grow up with a family, you know, and, and just and live a happy life, you know. And that, that gives me a, a great sense of pride that, that me and, and my men and my brother, that we were able to provide that for someone. So uh, I'm sure at some point in your life, you've probably seen a house under construction. You, you probably saw an empty field. Uh, or, or cluttered up old lot, you know, and you just have seen it many times. 
you kind of get to overlooking it, right? You know, you drive by it all the time. But one day you drive by and someone has got some equipment sitting out there. There's bulldozers, there's, there's uh, excavators, whatever, and they, they, they cleaned up this lot. They got all the grass and the brush piled up and, and burn it, and, and guess what? It's, it's, it's starting to look like something. It doesn't look like much at first, right? Just a bunch of dirt, but, but it's cleaned up. And you drive by a few months later, and there stands a beautiful new home. It's got pretty landscaping and sod around it. And that's one time when, when things really pop, you know, is when the landscaping goes in, you know, because it goes from looking like a construction site to a home just overnight. Uh, I got one crew, that's usually they'll come in and, and landscape and sod an entire area in one day, sometimes two, but most of the time one day. So I drive by that morning and there's just dirt around the house and I drive by the evening and it's like, bam, there it is, you know. It's like a wow factor. But, you know, I'm sure as a lot of you have seen that process, you know, it got me to thinking, you know, really, that's kind of what the Lord does in our own lives. You know, really, when we start out, we're just like that, that cluttered up a lot. You know, we've got sin in our lives. And, and the Lord, He comes in, and because of His saving grace, He washes away that sin. He cleans us up. He clears that lot, right? You know? And then God begins to add value to things in our lives. You know, He starts making something that, that is, is beautiful to look at, pleasing to the eye. You know, as we, as we read Scripture, we can't help but notice that, that all throughout Scripture, we find building terminology, things that are used to describe building. And, and I think that just goes hand in hand because God, that's what God does in our lives. He builds upon us, you know. Uh, one of the other reasons I think that, that we find a lot of this is, is because of who Jesus was. You know, even though Jesus was God, he started off as part human being, right? And what kind of home did he grow up in? He grew up in the home of a carpenter. You know, Joseph, I don't know what he did. He did some kind of woodworking or, or carpentry or something, but, you know, that's, we do know that Jesus grew up in the home of a carpenter. And in most cases, you'll find that if you grow up in the home of a carpenter, guess what? You're going to pick up some building knowledge, whether you want to or not. I can promise you that. Uh, a lot of times I kind of thought my dad was being very mean or cruel to me growing up because I had to work all the time, like literally. And, you know, I couldn't see it. I, w I would get mad. You know, even my friends, they didn't want to come over and hang out at my house because, hey, my dad had put them to work too. So Joey's house was not a good place to come hang out, you know. But, you know, I can see it now. You know, I couldn't see it back then, but, you know, my dad was really teaching me something. He was really teaching me and my brother how to have a strong worth ethic. You know, my dad might not could have seen what he was doing. You know, for him, it was probably just free labor. But, but really, I can appreciate the fact that, that he did that for us. Uh, even as 42 years old, 41, however old I am now, I still feel like that sometimes. I'm having to please dad, you know, but... Um, I, I do appreciate parents that, that instilled that, you know, in me and my brother because I think it made us into the men we are today. Um, if you was to ask my wife, she might would tell you that sometimes she would wish I had a little less of that because the thing is, when you're married to a builder, there's uh, a couple things you get. 
Number one is a builder doesn't want to do projects at home because he's always doing them for someone else. So a lot of times my house gets ne- neglected. Right, sweetheart? So, yeah, she's shaking her head. Uh, the, the other thing is, is when something major goes wrong, I ain't fixing to call nobody to come fix it that knows what they're doing because I'm going to figure it out, you know. I have the ability to have YouTube, and you can learn anything on YouTube. So that's another thing you get when you marry a builder for sure. But, you know, as, as we think about Jesus, and Jesus is a teenager, you know, growing up and, and you know, being in the home of Joseph, uh, I'm sure that, that he built some pretty amazing things with his own hand. You know, I don't, we've never been told anything that he built, but I can tell you for a fact that the Jesus who created the world with his mouth, his words, could have surely built some amazing stuff with his hands. You know, as we think of Jesus as a carpenter, you know, we can, we can see him standing before a crowd, you know, talking to people and telling people what they should build their lives upon you know and that's kind of what i want to look at today you know for us is what we should build our lives upon since we're all actually under construction when jesus preached he would often preach in a parable uh, and he was trying to you know use this to illustrate a point of his message he would toss in like a common experience alongside a spiritual reality uh, to kind of both conceal and reveal truth to someone. Uh, it was pretty amazing how he done that. You know, when I got to thinking about that, I was like, you know, it's almost like a riddle, but really a riddle and a parable is nothing alike. A riddle leaves you helpless. You can't der- derive any kind of life lesson from a riddle. It's designed to confuse you to trick you but a parable is different uh, in Matthew seven twenty four, if y'all find your place there we're going to read that in just a second but uh, Matthew seven twenty four to 27 is what I want to talk to you about today and it's it's a simple parable it's a parable that, that Jesus spoke about uh, it was ending up uh, the sermon on the mound uh, one of his greatest uh, sermons it was you know but uh, it's not quite as famous as you might find uh, some of the other ones we remember. We always know the prodigal son, right? Uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Those are your common ones you hear a lot today. Uh, you don't really hear a lot about the one I'm going to speak on. I heard more about it in Sunday school. There's a song that goes on with it. Uh, I'm not going to sing it for you. Uh, I'm going to save you all the embarrassment of that for me. But, you know, that's, that's where it really hit for me was in Sunday school. I remember this song from a little kid. Um, but it's known as the parable of the two builders. Uh, or you can call it the wise and the foolish builders, however you want to say it. Uh, but I'd like for us to stand and read that this morning. So if you found your place, uh, be Matthew seven twenty four to 27. It says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does them 
and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. You may be seated. Now, as I read that, of course, one of the biggest two things that, that stuck out to me was we have two kinds of people here, right? One is, is called wise, and the other is foolish. You know, these two men, they could have very well been neighbors. I'm sure the process started the same way for, for each one of them, and that's the dreaded trip to the permit office. I hate going to the permit office. That's my least favorite thing in the building process. And some some reason, I'm the one that gets stuck doing it. I guess because I do some of the office work. But, um, but I'm sure that's how these things started out, you know, by 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 both men having good intentions to build a home. You know, they want to build a home for their families. They both have the same idea. But these men, they, they might have even started construction close to the same time. Uh, but there was a big difference in how they went about their building. One got out of a shovel and started digging while the other started laying out his foundation right on top of the ground. One knew exactly what he was doing with the knowledge that he had gained while the other started cutting corners to finish faster because he wasn't worried about what was to come later. Instead, he was worried about what the world could see. The foolish man was already having a housewoman party in his house by the time the other builder hit solid grounds when he found a strong foundation. But the wise man, he decided to take his time and build with that strong foundation. In times, we see storms come. And they test what, it, what was built. But only one home was left standing when it was all over. One man lost everything, while the other man never lost a night's sleep. From the outside, these homes can look very similar. But in the end, only one remained. For all to see you know and this this really is a story about you know that jesus tells to warn people it's, it's a story that he's warning people that that it's dangerous for us to hear god's word but not do what it says the parable of the two builders is about hearing and doing the word of god it doesn't mean that one's more important than the other Romans 10, 14 says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him on whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? You see, hearing the word is essential for us, but we can't stop there. James 1, tells us that we are to be doers of the word, and not only hearers only, deceiving ourselves. Hearing and doing must go together. In our text, Jesus describes this relationship between hearing and doing in terms of these two men, being wise and foolish, and two different foundations. You see, the wise, they build upon a strong foundation, a firm foundation. Just like 20, verse 24 says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. 
When Jesus talks about hearing these words of mine, he's talking about the Scriptures. These Scriptures, me and you can pick up any time we want to. But do we always pick them up? Society kind of teaches us to, uh, to ignore it. To really put it up as a book on a shelf, collect dust. Because society is going to throw everything it can at you to keep you from reading God's Word and learning from God's Word. If all we ever do is just read God's Word and never act upon what it tells us to do, then the Bible just becomes another book. In John 5, chapter 5, verse 39 and 40, it says, You can search the Scriptures because you think in them that you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. You see, it's not the Bible that gives you eternal life, it's Jesus. You have to come to a relationship with Jesus. Jesus describes how the wise are to live. Those that do what the Scripture says will be like the wise that built upon the rock. He doesn't identify people by what they know. Jesus is telling us that if you are to be wise, you have to do something with what you know. There's three things that we must believe if we're going to have a strong foundation. And the first one is that you have to believe in the Bible. If you're going to have a strong foundation, you must believe that the Bible is God's Word. And this is where it's all, it all begins. Before you can have a strong foundation, you have to have full confidence that the source that you get your foundation from comes from God's Word. All truth flows out of God's Word. And the center of that truth is Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a worker who is not to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. We have to believe the Bible. The next thing is that we have to believe that Jesus Christ is the only way. There is no other way. You can't, you can't work your way into heaven. You can't go through life just reading scriptures and get yourself to heaven. You have to have a relationship with Jesus. It is the only way. Without that, the rest of it is no good. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the truth, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. The third thing is you've got to believe in salvation through grace. See, God gives you a free gift. He made the sacrifice. He went to the cross and paid your price on that cross. He took his sin, your sins upon his life, and it crushed him. And if we're going to have a strong foundation, we have to believe that salvation is by grace, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way, then you must in turn believe that the salvation that he offers you is by his grace. And you have to have faith in that. 
Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. It's not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So to be wise is to take action with what you know. We must take action with what we learn from Scripture, and we must have a relationship with Jesus, because He is the rock in that, in that Scripture. He is the firm foundation that we are to build our lives upon. It starts with Him and only Him. If we go on in verse 26, it says, Anyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. Now the unwise man is described as building his home on the sand, right? Why would anyone build a house upon the sand? I mean, even if you're building a vacation home, you know, the, we like to do our beach trip, right? And those homes are beautiful. But they're not built on sand. They got piers that go way down to a firm foundation, right? So really, I, I think I would ask it this way, is why would anybody build a life on an unstable foundation? You know, when you think about it, that answer is really not that hard because constructing a life without much thought is just easier. You don't have to think about what you're doing. You just do what, good, what feels good at the time. You know, also, a house on sand can also look just as good as a house built on the rock, right? In fact, sometimes it can even look a little better. And if appearance is all that matters, what's the big deal? Right? We just build on the sand. We don't care about the rest. We don't care about what God wants. We care about what our body wants. There are many people who hear God's word, and that's where it stops. They don't obey. They don't act upon what, what the instructions that the Bible gives us. I was trying to figure out a way to, to illustrate this. And this is the only thing I come up with. And uh, I'm going to pick on Gabby in just a minute. But uh, when I thought about a way to illustrate this, I come up with, with the relationship of an architect and a builder. And sometimes these two can be like oil and water. They just don't mix real well. I can tell you from experience. You know, each one of them believes that they know the right way to build a building. Even though they, they are working toward a common goal, it's often wondered, I often wonder sometimes how you can get a custom home done with an architect and a builder in the mix together. But... Since Gabby's the only one I know in architect school, I'm going to talk about her in just a minute. But as Gabby goes to college, she's going to learn all, all kinds of sorts of things in the building world. And she's going to learn how to design and construct buildings and spaces, how exactly everything can fit into a little area. It's going to look real 
uh, a, a pleasing to our, to our eyes. It's going to be beautiful, the things she designs, I have no doubt. She's going to learn how to draft different structures on paper as well as on a computer. She's going to be able to use all kinds of programs. She's going to learn how things work with materials that they're put together with. She might even learn the loads and, and the weight limits that a structure can handle before it collapses. Even after she learns all this, this vast knowledge that school's going to throw at her, it still doesn't mean that she's physically going to be able to build that building. She might know everything that one could possibly know about how it all fits together, but it doesn't mean she's going to have the skills to do it. She's going to know in theory what the structure will look like, She's going to know exactly how many nails it takes to build it. Every little minute detail she's going to know. But because she's not specialized as a carpenter or a plumber or an electrician, she won't have the skills necessary to physically build it. Unless she takes action. If she takes action... And she goes to those other people that understand exactly how to do that job, and they teach her. Well, then she's going to have the knowledge to do all of it. She can design it. She can build it. And then I'll be out of a job. Because that shouldn't just happen. They shouldn't put an architect and a builder in one. (laughs) But it would be the same thing for me. Unless, unless I took action, I, I could never possess the knowledge that she's going to have. And she's going to have a lot. Because architects, they got a tough job. It's not the job I want to do. But unless I took action to learn everything that she learns, then, then I could never design it. I could put it together, but I can't design it. That's why I hire an interior decorator, because I don't pick out stuff real And the same thing kind of goes with with God. When we hear God's word, we gain knowledge of God. But if we let it stop there, we can never go on and build anything else. And we have to have that to build upon the firm foundation that God gave us. You have to take further action. You can't only hear from God. You've got to follow his directions, and you have to act. Hearing is not enough. If you only hear and you never obey God, then you are building your life on sand. You're being disobedient to God. And disobedient people are people who reject the Lord and His Word because they don't think they need God. They attempt to build their lives on other things. The things of this world. If you're building your life on your career, if you're building your life for wealth, if you're building your life on a relationship, you're building on sand. You're not building on the firm foundation of Jesus. The foundation that he gave his life for. 
See, disobedience is simply admiring what Jesus says, but not following it. Disobedience is calling yourself a Christian, but not acting like one. Disobedience is coming to church on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday you live a life of unrepentant sin. And rest assured that if you are living your life like that, you're using the wrong building materials, and you're building on a very soft foundation, which is sinking sand. And when the storms begin to rise up, your structure is going to fall. And it's not when the storms come, they're going to wash away at your foundation and reveal what it's been built upon. You see, everyone is building their life on some kind of foundation. You either have the rock or the sand. In our story, the rain, it fell on both houses, not just one or the other. The flood rose against both homes. And the wind beat against both houses. The fact that these two different houses faced the same storm should teach us something. And it should teach us that storms come to every one of us. You can be righteous or you can be wicked. You can be wise, you can be foolish. You can build on the rock or you can build on the sand. But storms of life will still come for you. Everyone will face these storms throughout their life. And sooner or later, all of us goes through these storms. None of us are immune. Just because you're a Christian does not mean that you will be exempt from them. And it's because of these storms that God tells us to build wisely so that when they do come, you can stand. What Jesus offers, offers you is the stability to make it through these storms, not the safety from undergoing them, but the ability to withstand them because your life is built upon His solid foundation. Well, that's about all I got. It was a short one. <laughs> but I want you to know that, that if you're here today and and... You've never had a relationship with Jesus. I want to invite you to make that commitment today. Even if you've already built your house on sand, it's not too late to change that. Today, you can make that difference. You can make that change. You can be like the wise man that built his house upon the rock. You can leave behind a wasted life. You can put your face to the storm and plant your feet firm. Because I promise you, Jesus is the rock. He's the firm foundation. And it don't matter what kind of storm comes, you will be able to stand it. Because today, if you make that commitment, you will be the wise one. Because not only did you do, you heard Jesus, you did what Jesus asked of you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Grace Heavenly Father, I come to you today, Lord, and I just thank you for your time, Lord, and, and just this message that, that each and every one of us can get something from, Lord. We all go through times where 
we haven't had a firm foundation in you, Lord. We've, we've built our houses on separate things, different things like sand and, and the world around us, Lord. And I just pray that, that this morning we would take a look at this and just, just reflect on our lives. And if we're building on a, a soft foundation, Lord, I would ask that you would reveal that to every one of us, Lord. And that, that we would ask forgiveness of that, Lord. And just, um, just be with us in that situation, Lord. Lord, if there's anyone here today that does not know you, I pray that, that, that they will come and make that commitment, that, that they can have a full understanding that you will always be there for them, that you are their rock and their foundation. Lord, we just ask you to just be with us as we leave this place today, Lord. And I just ask all these things in your blessed name.